Welcome. It's so good to be with you. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to have you online. I'm glad to have Anthony Mariah here. Yes, I just got married. Give him a big hand back there. We're talking today about our prayer, my prayer, your prayer of first response. So Lord, right now, we just ask that your spirit would come and just like that song said, move upon us. Rest upon us. Be real inside us. In your name, amen. I had just come on shift as the deputy sheriff. And as uh, I walked in, there was some chaos. Uh, something had happened just before the shift. So that normally when the, officer, the other officer is there to greet me and I'm able to talk about what's going on in the shift like that. He wasn't there. He was tied up. Some big incident had happened that tied up half the staff, and they were all involved in that. And so I was asked to escort uh, the inmates from the high security block back to their cells. And so I went there. I got them. And as I'm walking them through the many doors and keyed my way into the the chow hall, we walked in the chow hall. Uh, In the chow hall, there are three tiers, three levels and all the inmates can face and see what's going on in a chow hall from both sides. There's about 360, sometimes 400 inmates at any one time. And as we came into the center of the chow hall, all eight of them, they had notepads and like that, threw them on the ground and circled themselves around me. And instantly, I was taken hostage. Three of them had knives, and the the place just went into an uproar. Everyone could see what's going on. They're screaming and shouting. They're trying to rattle the bars because you can get them to jump to track and to open. Immediately, the, the deputies that we have, there's only six deputies at any time uh, in a jail. And so immediately they're running. They're trying to lock down and pin the doors so they can't be opened. And in this chaos, I thought, this might be a good time to pray. I don't know about you. I kind of thought it might be a good time to pray. I was kind of in shock, like, how could this happen? We're in a jail. I'm the officer. How could this happen? And I just knew I needed to trust God. Trust God. You know, sometimes we get into a situation and we panic and we think of all the bad things that are going to happen. We try to figure things out. We just need to push it aside and trust God. What if I... Push it aside. Trust God. And I said, God, I, I trust you in this moment. And then a thought came to my mind. Nothing surprises God. He always has a plan. So God, you have a plan to help me right now. So my next question to God was, what do I need to do? I need a plan here. There's eight of them, and Each one of them was in there for one, if not three or four murders that they had committed. They were high up in different gangs, and, you know, they didn't have love loss. It wouldn't be a problem for them to kill me. I said, so what's your plan? And God revealed to me and reminded me, says, look around at each person. So I'm looking around at each one of them and just seeing who they were and what was going on. And he says, who are they? And I said, well, he's the the general of the black uh, gorillas, and he's uh, uh, the white supremacist. Wait a second. Those two guys don't get along. Why are they even together? 
He goes, exactly, that's the weakness. Start with him. And so I turned to him, I said, listen, you need to go stand against the wall, spread eagle, right now. This is your only chance. I know you just kind of got roped into this. You're not a part of this. Get against the wall. So immediately, he threw down his stuff and went and stood against the wall. I looked at the other one. I go, what are you doing with him? You know that he doesn't like you. You know you're trying to kill each other. What are you standing here? And immediately, I said, you go stand against the wall. So he went and stood against the wall. God was revealing to me the weaknesses, revealing to me this plot was going on. And so I, at this time, I had about four of them against the wall. But the remaining four, they're the ones that had the knives, and they're the ones I knew had strong connections. And I'm thinking, what am I going to do? And God says, do you remember? I go, yes. And so I spoke to the leader, and I said, listen, do you remember last time when you tried to kill me? I could have wrote you up for the shank. I could have done all these things. I didn't do that. Did I stop you making phone calls? Did I come against you? Did I hold any revenge? No, you're the only one I can trust in this place. Then you need to listen to me. And we began to talk. What's the problem? Well, the, the last shift just beat up my brother really bad. And, and I, you know, I'm going to fight back. I'm not going to, you know, I need to hear from him. I need to talk. He says, what do you need? He says, I just need to know he's right. Say, if I put you on the radio, would that solve your problem? He says, that's never going to happen. Well, we'll see. And see, at that point, the sergeant, who was brand new, his first week on shift as a sergeant, He's riled up the, the, the guys to make a, a charge against the others. They got their, their riot gear out, and they got their big blank shields out, you know, and they got their things. They're ready to charge the door. All three of them. I go, what are you thinking? He goes, you know, we're going to get you, Randy. We're going to get you. If you come out that door, here's what I promise. I'm going to join them and fight you. That's stupid. The other guys would look at me and say, what? What's going on here, you know? Main reason is that was control. If that door opens and they charge the door, they have buttons to every single cell block in the building. I, they, he, Sergeant knew you're not going to open that door. And, and so he stood back down. And so I said, you see, I'm, I'm, I'm working for you. I'm trying to protect you so you don't get harmed more. What's, what do you need? And so I worked it out, and I was able to negotiate, and I, I used my radio, and I had him call his brother and talk to his brother, and he said it was all right, and they finally gave up their knives, and we were able to lock them down. In the midst of that, I remembered some things. Greater is he that is in me, Christ in me, than he who's in the world who causes chaos, who causes evil, who causes harm. And God gave me clarity. I remembered the word of God and what was going on. And I said, in the name of Jesus, I said this to him, this will stop. And things began to unfold. And that day, everyone was protected because of God. Proverbs 3.6 says this, trust the Lord. You understand what trust means? It means you have a confidence. You, you know you've not been let down. You know that, that he's there. He's on your side. I, I trust in the Lord from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure everything out on your own. Well, what can I do? What's going to happen? Well, yeah, our minds race a thousand. Don't, don't try and figure it out. Trust the Lord. 
Look to him for an answer. Look to him for, for guidance. Look to him for direction. Trust the Lord. Talk to God. He's our friend. Stop trying to figure it out all on your own. Worrying about it all on your own. All your anxiety, all your ulcers, all your getting sick, all your anger, all your frustration isn't helping. Okay? Trust in the Lord. Listen to God's voice. God is speaking continually. Listen to God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. God doesn't always give the whole plan. He gave me one plan. Tell that one to go stand against the wall. Tell this one, you know this, what's going to happen, and go stand against the wall. He told me what to do, and as I did things, God's plan unfolded. That's the way we need to live life. God, I don't know exactly what to do in this thing, but tell me the next step. I'll hear you, and I'll obey. So with your notes, I want you to follow along with me. I'm going to walk through the seven steps of intercession. Number one, our priority is relationship with God, connection with God. It's all about that. Listen to what 2 Corinthians 11.3 says. Paul says, I fear... I'm afraid that somehow your pure, undivided devotion to Christ, the love you have for Christ, the fact that you're a follower, the fact that you're serving, and the fact that you're listening right now, will be corrupted. You're going to get distracted. You're going to get overwhelmed. You're going to feel pain. And that's slowly going to wear you down. In the midst of all that chaos and all this unrest, you're going to lose that connection with God. You're going to miss that connection with God. Just as Eve was deceived by the cunning ways of the serpent. Imagine Adam and Eve would walk in the garden every evening and talk with God and have a conversation with God. They had the intelligence and the ability to carry on a conversation with God. They were at a different level than we were, could, are even at right now. And they got deceived. They got tricked into thinking God was holding out. God wasn't giving them everything. They had gone from an active relationship to distance. And the thing that we got to recognize is that God's not our servant. You know, it's like when we go out to dinner, we say, listen, uh, here's how I want my coffee. I want, you know, I want a little espresso, and I want a little bit of this, a little bit of, little bit of chips, and uh, not too much sugar. Just, uh, just sprinkle a little bit of, you know, not milk. No, no, we, we need some uh, almond milk. Put some almond milk in. We have this whole list of all these things that we want. So servant, go do it. God's not our servant. Prayer time is to come into relationship with God. I trust you. I'm wrestling with this problem. I'm listening to you. You have some thoughts? What do you think? You know you have a plan. What do you want me to do? Out of trust, out of relationship. Meaningful relationships are not built on being used. So much of our prayer is telling God what to do as a servant instead of saying, God... I'm just here. Tell me what to do in this situation. What do you feel? What is your will? 
We pray, God, let your, whatever your will is. We don't even know. We have no clue. It's kind of a willy-nilly, oh, God, maybe you'll help me. I don't know. Whatever you will. God wants you to know his will. So why don't you put your hands in your heart? We're going to pray today. Father, you prioritized me. Above your son, throughout the centuries, you have made us a priority. He's trying to speak life to us. I want to do the same to you. I want to make you number one in my life. I want to be your friend. Help me to know your rest, your safety, your victory. It's found in your presence and being with you. Make me a giant killer, just like David, who was known as somebody who was after your heart, after your presence. Move in your authority. Move in your power in my life, Lord God. Let that authority from your throne, from a place of friendship, let it flow through me now. That's your will. I thank you, Lord. I thank you in your name. Amen. The second thing we find is that his plan is to work through us here on earth. He wants to use us. Second Chronicles 7.14. If my people, if you've asked Christ into your life, if my people, if you're a follower, he says, if you will pray, if you will seek, if you will turn. I'm looking to you to pray. I'm looking for you to seek by listening and pressing in and finding out the details and turn to repent. I will hear you. Not ignore you. I will hear you. I will forgive you. But you don't know what I did. I will forgive you. I've already done that. And I will restore your land, your nation, your state, your home. I'll restore it. You know, a canker worm gets into an apple and eats it all up. You think there's nothing left? God says, I will restore what the canker worm has messed up. I will make it new. No, it's ruined. It's going to destroy it. No, I can make it new. Whatever you think is ruined, God says, I can make new. God is looking for a remnant. He's looking for a few people that says, God, I want to be a friend. God, I want you to work through me. God allows us to make decisions to affect history. Daniel prayed in 9.3. And battle began to rage in the second heavens over that prayer request. Michael had to come and assist the angel so that angel could deliver a message to Daniel and then go back to the fight. James 5.17. Elijah, a man just like us, Scripture says, prayed and it didn't rain for three, three years. Prayed again and it rained. Ezekiel 22.30, I will search for someone. God says, I will search for someone to stand in the gap. In the wall, when there's a breakthrough and the enemy is trying to pour through or is pouring through, in that place, I'm looking for someone that will jump down in prayer and stand in the gap so I can show my hand mighty for you. 
I looked for someone to stand a gap so that I would not have to destroy the land, and I found no one. Why doesn't God do something? Are you praying? Are you asking? Nobody asks. This is a mess. You know, God should do something. Have you prayed? Have you asked? Have you been persistent? God found no one. Father, pray with me. I'm just undone. You have loved me so carefully, so wonderfully. You have gifted me with your word, your Holy Spirit. You have graced me with so much, I am undone. And now you want to partner with me. You wait till I pray that your sovereign hand of power is released. You've chosen to limit yourself only to us praying and speaking. So Lord God, help me to embrace the incredible privilege that you've given to me to represent you here on this earth. Teach me your ways. Teach me to understand the steps and what I need to do that I might walk in your plan. Make your kingdom in heaven where it follows your will and is obedient. Come here on earth that we would understand and we would be obedient to you. And Lord, start right here, right in this heart of mine. Lord, there's areas and rooms I've not given up. There's areas in which I'm not trusting you. There's areas where I'm not being a friend to you. Start with me, God. Cleanse me. Change me. Transform me. I look to you in your name. Amen. Number three. The purpose is to meet God. This isn't an email that you get to Nord. This isn't some text message that you kind of block off your thing. I'm talking about a meeting with God. You're in his presence. You sense him. You feel him. You know God has showed up. He is there to meet you. It's called paga, the Hebrew word. It means meeting. I'm meeting with God. If you look out scripture, every time somebody met God, it transformed them. It changed their life. From a burning bush to whatever moment happened, it, there was an impact. God says, I've come to meet with you. Paga, in a time, in a place. God says, I created a time and a place. I've orchestrated. You think it was an accident. You think it's just by chance you're here. You think it's just by chance you stumbled onto this. You think it, no, I have orchestrated. I've done a lot of things to get you here in this moment because I'm here. And I'll be released in this time and in this place. Paga, to strike the mark. Right where it's needed, right where I need to come, I will meet you there and I will come. It's the purpose of deeper. So we can paga, we can meet with God. Did you know you're a first responder? God has chosen you to be the first one to respond in prayer. You're a first, that's your purpose in life. Jesus needs us desperately to do our part. There are broken lives out there that we're to pray and create meetings with God so that their lives can be transformed. We must be an army on the offense. We spend all our time on the defense. Any game that's played, 
football, baseball, uh, checkers. If you only play defense, you will lose. You play defense to get the ball, to get the checker, do whatever, so you can play offense. We need to understand the power of God is to start taking kingdoms and taking authority and ruling with God's love. And we must be aware and contend with spiritual beings because they're active, they're at work, and you guys got to wake up to it. And you got to know you're to fight it and how to fight that. So why don't you just lift your hands right now and praise and just surrender to God. Lord, we're the laborers for the harvest. We're the ones you're praying for that are sent to the harvest. And we cry out, meet me. Meet me here. Send me now. As your eyes look for one, God, you come and meet me here right now. And I want you to think of a name. Who's somebody you want God to meet? Somebody's in it. You have names of family or friends or people. A name. Let that name come to you and say, God, you meet them. You meet them with your power, with your authority. God, you come and you meet them. Lord, I wish you to meet them. I wish you to reconcile them to you. I wish you allow them to meet you in, in a way they've never been done before. Lord, have access to their dreams. Lord, have access to their hearts. Lord, throughout the day, bring people and continually speak to them. Lord, take the, the deception that's blocking from seeing who you are and just strip that from their eyes. Let them see you. Let them know you so they can choose you, Lord God. Lord, I ask you to release the power of the Holy Spirit. Break every barrier between you and them. Lord, heal their hearts. Open their eyes to the truth. And I ask you, because I'm your ambassador, and you've given me the power to do it, so release them now in your name. Amen. Number four, God has a place and a time. A place where you go into his presence. God, I need you to bring your presence right now. Where heaven and earth connect it's a point where god is there there angel activity is released god's angels are to guard god's angels are to deliver messages god's angels are to minister to you god I, I need your angels to be released in this moment there's a where and a when we're talking about time and place where legal activity is referenced. Lord, we've come into heaven, we come into this moment of prayer because we need justice. What's going on isn't right. We need justice. Your word talks to us about what justice is. Your word talks to us about the promises that you have. It's not happening, God. And the Holy Spirit moves on you and shares this with you. Jesus Christ is your attorney that pleads in heaven and says, He's right. Justice must come to bear. This is what the word says. And angels are released and things begin to happen and God's power is released in that moment. God, we need your justice. And afterwards, stones and memorials are left. Said, God, you came here and you met us. Your angels were released. Put your hands out so they receive right now. Father, make this place my body. Make this place my home.
make this place, this temple of yours that we're, we're sitting in right now, make this place Bethel. Bethel. Where God interacts with earth. You come right now. The place where heaven and earth meet. Cause my prayers to hit the mark. Give me your thoughts and your wisdom. Not the way I think, not the way you understand, the way you see it. It's going to be contrary to what I know. Lord, let me have your mind so it can hit the mark. And I ask you for angelic help. Lord, that they will deliver messages. Lord, that they'll protect and watch out. Lord, that they will cause us to be ministered to as we're weak and as we're suffering, just like they they did to the physical body of Jesus as he prayed in the garden and his body's capillaries were exploding and he almost died. The angels came and restored him. You come now and you minister to the situation that we face, Lord God. Just pause for a second. Keep your eyes closed. How else is God asking you to pray? Start praying it. Who else is God asking you to pray for? Start praying it. What is God revealing to you right now in this time and this place? God, you come. God, you come. If you're not sensing it now, it will happen sometime today. It will happen throughout the week. And you stop and you speak that prayer. God to this business. God to to my friend. God to my brother and my sister. God, you come right now. I release you. Make it your time. Make it your place. Number five. Protection comes through intercession. God sets boundaries, borders to protect you. When I was working in law enforcement, I busted this gang member, and so he found out where he lived. He was notorious. He was a very evil man. He had uh, gone after another deputy, gone into his house, took gasoline and poured it on his couch, on his drapes, on his uh, car, uh, throughout the entire house, and left matches outside to let you know, know, anytime I can come after you. Totally damaged everything with gasoline, but I could have lit this on fire. The same guy was coming after me. Planted a bomb in our family car. Drive by and shoot at us. Slit our family pet's throats. Kill them. Leave them on the front step. Break into the house. And there's a way you can use a certain number and you can call from one another inside the house. That's back when they had telephones. <laughs> and then, then they, would, they would call and say this. They would let us know at all times... Hey, I see so-and-so at this gating rink. I, hey, I see so-and-so here. We're following him. We prayed for protection. God, you're going to have to protect us. And in the service, a prophetic word came up. And a person who hadn't been to church didn't even know who we were. says, you as a family right there, stand up. God is telling me, he says, you will be protected. No one will harm you. Though there are weapons and things being used against you, nothing will touch you. No one will harm you. I am your God. Things continue to happen, but we knew, what can they do? God said he's going to protect us. You have to intercede and say, God, protect us. You need to ask God to deliver us from evil. Here's a good old thing to add it. Things, plots, 
plans, schemes of the devil I don't even know about yet. Reveal those to me. I can think of some things of how he's going to do some things, but show me the other thing he's trying to do, where he's trying to distract me, where he's trying to overwhelm me, where he's trying to use the pain in my life, lies written about who I am, the pain, to make me quit. Show me where this evil is that I can pray against it. So, Father, I thank you for your protection. Make my home impregnable. Make this house, this temple impregnable. In Jesus' name, place borders and protections around me. My family, this church, those that come here, warn us of moments of times to come. I make myself available to you right now. Lord, I'm listening. Just take a moment. Where would he warn you? Something about, about a job coming up that God is warning you to pray? Financial situation? These are things God is warning me about for you. In your marriage, in your leadership, men, Time to be the man of God you can to restore, to heal, to bring life. Listen to God this day, this week. He has things he wants to do. And number six, God's power is released by prayer, so be proactive. God's power is released by prayer, so be proactive. Let's talk about this, this prayer, Ephesians 1.19. I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. Then your lives will be an advertisement of his immense power as he works through you. This is mighty power. There was release when God was raised from the dead. As Christ was buried, God caused him, God, this same power that brought him back to life, that's the power we're talking about. And exalt him in a place of highest honor and supreme authority in heavenly realms over everything. And now he exalts, he is exalted as first above every ruler, every authority, every government, every realm of power in existence. Even spiritual ones you can't see. He is gloriously enthroned over every name that has ever been praised, not only in this age, but in the ones to come you don't even know about. He alone is the leader, the source of everything needed in the church. God has put everything beneath the authority of Jesus Christ and has given him the highest rank above all others. And now we, his church, we, you and I, are his body on this earth. That which fills him who is filled by it. God says, I want you to represent me in my authority and my power, and I've given you the authority and the power to do so. So represent me. 2 Corinthians 2.11 says, least Satan should take advantage of us. We talked about this last week. So don't be ignorant of his devices. Satan wants to take the greater portion of your marriage, of your life, of your business, of your government, of your schools, of your education. He wants to take the greater portion. He wants to be in control. He wants to direct you. 
God wants us to be warned of his plots and to intercede, to ask for borders, to draw lines. We must take responsibility. Are you praying for protection? We must guard. Do you see something going on in a friend's life or something else, and you're guarding him? Guard, you protect him. You watch out for them. You need to close the gates. When there are things that you see are coming through, they're causing evil, they're causing distraction, they're causing pain, you need to close the gates. Some of that has to do with the sin we're dealing with. We need to keep in the garden the command to Adam and Eve is keep. Don't lose. Don't give up. Keep. We need to keep what we've been entrusted with. I've read this last week, but it's so important to read again. Luke 22, Simon, Satan demands permission to shift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith not fail. And once you have turned again, you will strengthen your brothers. Father, thank you for your great love your great power. Release your thunder and your lightning from your hands as you talked about in Revelation. Release your power and your might that it be thrown down right now to what situation? Where? Name that place. Is it in your finances, in somebody's life? What's the situation you face right now in this country, in this state? Lord God, we ask that you throw down your power and your authority, that you take come against and you expose the evil that's trying to take this nation, the evil that's trying to take this state, the evil that's trying to blind us and take authority, the evil. Lord, you expose it. You remove it. You cause it to stop right now. Lord, take a hold of this situation. Help me in my inability. Demonstrate your great strength. I know you do miracles, so Lord, do a miracle now. I know you do miracles, so do a miracle right now. We need that, Lord God. We release it right now. I accept your assignment, God, to keep. I stand up as an intercessor. I stand up as someone that will speak your words. And I now stand as a doorkeeper for my family, for my children, for this church, for the pastors. Keep them. Let no compromise come their way. I claim your promise that they are taught by you, that they have your peace, that you cast fear out of them, Lord God, that no advantage is taken over them now in your name. Amen. My job is to keep you. My job is to release you from bondage. My job is to be anointed that God will do that in your life. If you're not sure of your relationship with Jesus Christ, you need to get on base. If you're online and you're not sure where you are with God, you need to get on base with God. You need to believe that he's the son of God. You need to admit there's sin in your life. You need to surrender to let him lead you. And you need to express it in a prayer. If you're not sure you've done that, you need to do that with me. Right now as I pray, I'm here to keep you. When I see God, I want him to say, yes, I've done everything I could to keep them and be able to say your name. So right now, you pray with me. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. You have all this power and authority for me, and you love me. I accept you. 
And I admit there's sin in my life. There's pride in my life. There's hurt in my life. There's so much stuff I get in the way of you. I admit it. Remove it right now, God. Forgive me. God, I surrender to you. That you would lead me. That you would speak to me. And Lord, I express this prayer. I, I mouth these words. I say them in my heart. I say them because, God, it's what you've asked me to do. I accept you now. Come into my life. In your name, amen. If you're online, you need to text BASE to 714-455-3113. They got the number up there. And for anyone, you just text BASE to that. We have a booklet to show you where to start. We have a coupon for a Bible. You need to do it. You need to admit it. You need to be unashamed of Christ. Number seven, I proclaim God's word. I don't go, in the beginning. In the beginning, I proclaim God's word. In this dark time, I make it God's time, God's place. In this situation, I proclaim the word of God. This is what you've told me. Lord, be released. As a parent, today, if you tell a school board you disagree with them, about what they're teaching your kids, they're going to call you a terrorist. Because of your being sequestered for the 18 months, being alone, off from society, they say that you have mental issues. I'm serious. This is stuff that's being saying. So you need help. You're not mentally capable of making the right decisions right now. In California, your medical insurance has just been told they can't inform you as a parent if your kid is having an abortion or they're going through a sex change. At one of the most traumatic times in a, in a kid's life, you're not to know. You're not to be the parent. If you think this is about right and wrong, you're missing the whole thing. This is about spiritually come to a place where they take control and they decide where you work, what you do, but they're accepted. This is a period of darkness, of evil that has been planned. We need to pray. We need to stand up. And because of this, I'm going to be speaking this message in the next couple of weeks. So you need to know how to reach us besides Facebook, besides here. Because I'm pretty sure something's going to happen. Because I'm going to teach you how to say no. There's power in no. And there are times that God calls us to say no. So turn to somebody and say no. How can I make a difference? I proclaim God's word. We're going to do that at Deeper this week. We had Someone had an open vision uh, recently. We're going to be reading that and sharing that with you. You don't want to miss it this, this Wednesday. Jeremiah 1.12 says this. God says this. I am watching over my word to perform it. God says, I'm the one that performs it. I, I don't know if I should pray for someone that's sick. I'm the one that's going to perform it. I'm the one that's going to do it. We just do that. In fact, last week, 
at the end, God gave me several words for people. And every one of them, someone's come to me and said, yes, that was me. The first service, several people stood. And so if last week you were healed in any way, just in a moment right now, just stand quickly so that everyone can know what God has done. If you're, if you're here in this service and God has healed you in some way, I want you to stand. Okay? Anyone else? Several people in the first service there. There's several people aren't here this week that, that shared that. I wanted you to know God's working. God is working. God watches over his word to perform it. God does. God's word accomplishes. God's word performs. Your job is to find the scripture that teaches about the situation you're facing. I'm wrestling with something. I don't know what to do. Where's the scripture that you can proclaim, that you can turn into a prayer? All right? That's your job. And then you're to pray that scripture. Brittany, my daughter, sent home scriptures to all the children. These are scriptures that parents should pray over their kids. Hate evil, love the Lord, Psalms 97. God, help my child to hate evil and to love the Lord. Proverbs 1, 10. If sinners entice you, do not consent. Do not walk in their way. Keep your feet from their path. Lord, don't let them consent. Don't let them walk in the way. Keep their feet from the path that is wrong. Romans 12. Present your bodies. This is one for all of us. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, acceptable God. Do not be conformed to this word, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what the will of God is. What is good? What is acceptable? What is the perfect will of God? So God let my body be your temple. May I be a living sacrifice. I willingly put myself before you, Lord. Don't let me be conformed to the world. Don't let my thoughts be transformed. Renew me. Help me to see and understand the way you think, Lord God. Lord, prove your will in me. Prove what is good. Prove what is acceptable. Prove what is perfect. You take a scripture and you pray it. You proclaim it. We are called, chosen to represent Christ. We are called to carry another's burdens. That calling takes sacrifice. It requires pain. But in Galatians uh, 6, 2, we're to carry one another's burdens. We're to represent Christ. Dick Eastman wrote a book uh, called The Hour of Prayer. I just want to put that out there. If you've not read it, if it's not something I've given to you, we've done it through the church at one time, but if you don't know about it, you need to find that book, The Hour That Changes the World. Very concise book that really tells you how to pray. Most books tell you all the things that, why you should pray, but very few tell you how to pray. Tells you how to pray. I encourage you to get that book by Dick Eastman. He tells a story of hearing a news report of how 105 kids in Holland have been taken hostage by terrorists. And something strikes his heart. And he begins to intercede and begins to pray for them, begins to think about them. God, you protect them, you watch over them. God, you provide food, you provide things necessary. Lord, you don't let something happen in a random attack as they try to take, th take the, the school over, Lord, that they're hurt. Lord, and he just intercedes and he keeps praying until he feels like 
He's prayed like he needs to pray. Later on, not that day, but later on that week, he's at the dinner table, and a report comes on. It says, we're here to update you on the situation, and this hostage thing has been going on day for day. Three kids have been released. And immediately he was grieved, and he was struck. He says, God, I did not ask for three. I asked for all 105. I asked for the five teachers. I asked for all of them, God. And he began to pray and he began to intercede. And it was at that time the news station was interrupted. Uh, we're here to let you know that this news report was recorded earlier. You're now going to see live broadcasts as they're now opening the doors. They're now going to release all of the kids. Dick Eastman writes so much about prayer, and he, he really prays and knows how to pray. He says, I know, not because of who I was, God needed somebody to pray. And I prayed in that moment. I know God was using my prayer to release his power. We're to let our hearts be moved with compassion, not pity. Compassion. We're to paga. We're to meet with God. We're to meet together with God. We're to cause God to meet with somebody else, that they are undone, that they are changed, and they are transformed. So worship team comes. Teresa Avila, a 16th century nun, wrote this. Christ has not hands on earth, but yours. No feet on earth, but yours. No eyes of compassion on earth, but yours. He has no body on earth, but yours, his followers. You are him here. Stand with me. We're going to sing this song. I, I want you to get lost in singing it. I want you to just let this be a prayer. Lord, you bring earth to heaven. You bring heaven to earth. You connect us right now. You cause this to be. You begin to move in my heart. You begin to deal with me. As we sing this song, as we worship right now, here as in heaven, Lord, let it